Hey guys, welcome back. It's episode 8 of the Weeboo Podcast. Today's episode, we're going to be focusing on a person rather than an anime. And that person is the number one ranked voice actress slash actor on my anime list by a pretty wide margin. She's in first place, leading all their female artists by almost double. And that voice actress is Kana Hanazawa. So some of you might be very familiar with some of her previous works. Today we want to kind of focus on a little bit about some of the more famous anime that she's voiced and some of our favorites, as well as maybe kind of the insights as to why we think she might be rated as or liked so and held in such high regard. Definitely a lot of good anime she's put out that played a lot of characters who are very interesting and very different. So we think it's going to be a good episode and we hope you guys enjoy it. Chris, uh, do you have any comments before we kick it off? No, not really. I think on the last episode, we talked about her a little bit uh, for the top five anime openings. And I, I guess this is just a good segue to some of the best work that she's put together because I think in the anime world, a lot of people like her, whether it be females or males. And her popularity kind of skyrocketed over the last few years. So she definitely has a lot of good work out there. and. it's definitely worth talking about but what do you think makes her so popular because even on Mal I think the rank 1 and rank 2 are pretty close in terms of the people but it starts tapering off pretty quickly like by rank 7 like she has more than double I guess favorites than rank 7 and even like rank 6 so what do you think even sets her apart like compared to everyone else you know, I think part of it is Kana Hanazawa has been part of the anime for a pretty long time. She started in the early 2000s, actually. That's when she kind of made her debut. So she's been around a while. She's played some really good roles. And I think some of those original roles really helped put her career and kicked it off because I think a lot of people will reference some of those old anime. And you kind of, when you watch a new anime, you say, why have I heard this voice before? And... When you go look it up, you say, oh, it's Kana Hanazawa. And everything kind of mashes together at that point. And you kind of just remember some of those older anime that you've watched where you recognize the voice from. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting, though, because I think even when we did like the top five anime opening opening rankings or like talked about some of our favorite anime, there is a sense of nostalgia that plays a big part in our list. And honestly, like, I don't know about you, but there's isn't a role that she's played that I felt like I kind of grew up with. It's more so like a recent development for me, at least, at least in terms of the works that I like. I think besides like Steins Gate, which we can get into, I've watched more recently than I have kind of like grown up with. So I don't know how it kind of plays into everyone's like favorite. Maybe it's like some recency bias or it's just she's just the dominant force in terms of voice actresses in the anime world. But I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. And I know you referenced Steinsgate, but I think that is one of her more famous roles that uh, she's played in. And actually, I mean... Whether the roles are small or big, she is in a lot, a lot of anime. But there are definitely a lot more voice actresses that have played more 
I guess, recognizable roles than she has. So it, it is interesting to see how big of a discrepancy there is between those people and her. So that's something I was just like curious about because I, I definitely haven't really noticed her voice as much as I have in the last five years or so. Maybe everyone else has a different opinion on that. Yeah, I mean, I again, I don't speak Japanese, but some of the voice actors and actresses I can recognize very quickly um, who they are. Um, for Kana Hanazawa, I feel like the roles she plays, some of them can be very different from each other, and it's not always the easiest to pick up. And I guess maybe going into that, I mean, there are some roles where she'll play the main protagonist and otherwise sometimes an antagonist type character where it's a bit more difficult to pick up the nuances of her voice compared to some of the bigger voice actors who, you know, might just be always the main protagonist. Yeah, that's actually an interesting point you bring up because I, in my opinion, I, I love Kanahanazawa as a voice actress a lot. I really do respect her work, but I, I don't necessarily think she's the most versatile voice actress. And that's that's not like a flame or like a jab at her in any any kind of way because what she does she does really well. But I've seen other voice actresses kind of mutate their voice from role to role. But she's kind of pigeonholed in this like I don't even know what it is. It's like a calm, cutesy voice that's almost consistent from role to role. There are some that differ quite a bit. At least from her recent works, it's been pretty consistent from anime to anime. And yeah, I'm sure we'll get into that as we're kind of listing out all the different works that she's done over the last years or so. I, I just thought that was kind of interesting because even when she plays an antagonist or protagonist, it felt like to me that her voice has remained fairly consistent. Right. It's always that a bit... It's. I don't know if you would say soothing, but it kind of draws you to the character that she's playing. It's kind of hard to explain, but I think there are just characters in anime that when you listen to them or you hear their voice, it kind of makes you enjoy the character or relate or somehow kind of uh, stand that character a little harder. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it definitely skews our opinions quite a bit and I, I that's happened to me a lot when i watch like a slice of life or a romance for example you kind of root for the character who has the voice actress that you like or the voice actor that you like so it is hard to kind of remove that bias or remove that i guess enjoyment you get from the voice acting from some of these uh actors and actresses yeah, definitely the enjoyment. That part is really interesting, right? I think, especially once you kind of realize that you like a character, in that anime, like, regardless of what happens, you're going to be kind of rooting for them. And usually, for, at least for me personally, I can pick up on whether or not I'm kind of pro that character or against that character relatively in the first or second episode. And I think that's why maybe in our previous episodes or podcasts, we might have touched on that fact about OP main characters and how. You know, sometimes for you, you you dislike the character because of that. And maybe that's kind of the, the voice that they're act they're playing in that role. Yeah, there's definitely a few to name the top, you know. That Kirito man, that Kirito voice. Something about it 
just irks me. <laughs> and for those of you who haven't realized, Kirito is a majority of protagonist shonens. Literally. O- OP protagonist. It's not even shonens. just shonens, man. He's an OP protagonist in Slices of Life, or Slice of Life's too, where he just pulls like six girls all at once for no reason. <laughs> it, just, it makes no sense. But his voice just fits the role really well, and he's just kind of established himself as that as that role but well sticking to i guess kanahanazawa and not straying away to uh, kirito voice actors would you say that she's your favorite voice actress or do you have another favorite that's a tough one because i think i like many different actresses for the roles that they play and i don't know if it's really i'm more drawn to certain actors and actresses versus i'm more drawn to certain characters that they play a lot of Ri kugimiya's work is really good and ria takahashi another really popular one at least on the female side but it maybe it's just certain roles that hanazawa plays that i i find myself always liking that character and going back to steinsgate mayushi is one of those characters that it could be one of my more favorite characters of all time because of the role that she plays yeah she doesn't play that many characters that are, are like dislikable i don't even know if that's a word but characters that you can dislike and it makes it hard for us as an audience to kind of hate on her because she doesn't play any any of these characters that just have bad morals or acts really stupidly or anything like that I, I would say i don't think she's my favorite but she's definitely in the top three or so and every single time i hear her in a show i'm just like drawn to her voice acting because it's just so good but i guess like some of the other voice actresses that i really enjoy are saori hayami who plays two of my favorite characters in anime like all of anime which is like shinobu kocho from demon slayer and yukino shita yukino from my team romantic comedy and then kayano ai plays uh menma from anohana and the shido from like no game no life and her voice is very iconic kind of similar to hanazawa kana and even though she might not be my favorite or she might not have played my favorite characters she's her voice is just so iconic i will never forget it and i always every time i watch a new anime and i hear her voice i instantly know it's her so and i think for a lot of people out there i'm sure there are people or or times when you've realized you're listening to someone who you definitely is in the back of your brain and you're scratching at it like who who is this voice uh where is it from um and sometimes you're just really curious and then it'll just hit you you'll just tie it all together and then you cannot unhear it yeah yeah so do you have a favorite or what was the first anime that you watched or it doesn't have to be your first but as far as back as your memory can go where you heard Kanahanazawa's voice in in a show or you know for me I think one of the earlier times and I'm not sure if I watched this show first or <clears throat> the show I'm about to name <clears throat> but Angel Beats came out in 2010 I don't think I saw Angel Beats until late a bit later on but she does play one of the main characters of Angel Beats uh, which is Kanade Tachibana. Uh, if anyone who's trying to think about <clears throat> who that is, it's the White Hill Girl in Angel Beats, kind of referenced as the angel, 
I think if I remember that correctly, I just remember that being a character in the show that was really hard to dislike. And one of those characters in a show where you just wish they had a spinoff? I don't know. That's how I felt. Maybe you might feel differently. Kind of like that strong presence within the show itself. And is really, I guess, Angel Beats, for those who don't know, is kind of a bit of an afterlife TV show about a bunch of kids who are almost in some ways living out the dreams that they didn't get to live in real life. If we were to rank favorite works that she's done, I actually had Angel Beats as my number one pick because I actually didn't even realize it was her that played Kanade till like I looked it up probably a few years later. What, one of the more iconic people of the show, I would say. Yeah, I, I definitely think... Obviously, Kanade is one of the main characters and is her arc is the last arc of the story, which is the climax of the show, which everyone can enjoy. But I felt like this role was so different from her other roles that like her versatility, this is like where she showed her versatility as a voice actress, in my opinion. Because in my opinion, like what I see of her is like a slice of life romance figure. And Angel Beast is a slice of life show, right? But it isn't pigeonholed in this cute, pure, soothing, calm, female romance. Kanade isn't portrayed as that for most of the show. When her arc starts, maybe she gets a little bit of that of that feature. But yeah, I just thought that this was her one of her best roles in terms of showing her versatility kind of breaking away from that her classic i guess voice acting character role angel beats is a fantastic show it is probably one of my one of the first shows i watched with her in it and but like i said i, I didn't even realize it was her until way later when i looked it up it's a very deep role right and i think at the end of it what i meant by you know, you could have wished they had another arc, is that ending scene, which is very Your Name-esque, right? Where, they, where they're walking in the real world, or maybe the reincarnation. And it's just a very deep role. And like you said, it's not the typical slice of life. And, and it's not super upbeat, right? But it does leave you kind of wishing there was more. And I think that's a really important point to, to make, because like you said, this did maybe set up her career and at least maybe propelled it to take off from where she started off maybe a few years prior. Yeah, I think from this point forward, she has a lot of slice of life roles and it, it does suit her voice well. But I mean, there are some of the outliers that I'm sure we'll get into later on down the road, but she definitely ends up playing a lot of slice of life roles. And just, just on that topic, for me personally, what, what I always remember her as is, this is funny because we were talking about this show right before we got, got on the podcast, but her role in Nisekoi. And you didn't watch Nisekoi, but her role as Onodera in Nisekoi is like so ingrained in my head that every single <laughs> character kind of following that, whether it be an orange, Koi to Uso, Yesterday Otate, all these like slice of life anime that i'm sure you haven't watched they are all the same but at the same time like all i remember her as is like onodera and i don't know why but it's just it might be just because it was the first anime that i kind of realized it was kanahanazawa and from that point on she's played very similar roles to onodera's character and it's a very common role in japanese anime or japanese dramas or 
Japanese shows in general. So someone's got to fill in that role, and she's always just played that. And that's just that's kind of my history and where I first heard her. Right, and I guess that's really interesting that you're saying that uh, every role references her Nisekoi role, because it means that once you realize that you cannot unhear it. Yeah, I just could. I can't unhear it because. That role as Onodera, Onodera in Nisekoi is a very calm, like kind of passive romance interest. So it's, it's very Japanese, right? Or it might just be very Asian. Not a very aggressive character. But on the other hand of Nisekoi, there's a non-Japanese character who's the other ro- romance interest and is way more aggressive. So it almost highlighted the fact that Onodera is really passive or really Japanese even more and since then all the roles that she's kind of played in these slice of life romance adaptations are very similar to that it's just oh i'm kind of too scared to be in a relationship or i'm kind of right i don't want to talk too much i don't want to confess first etc i guess like we we got a curveball recently and i don't think you watched the show either in quintessential quintuplets which was a like a romance harm anime and she plays the aggressive character in the quintessential quintuplets and this was another yeah this was another show where i thought she played she kind of stepped outside of her like comfort zone the way she voice acts is more aggressive louder more assertive she kind of breaks out of that mold that she's built for the last five years so i really liked that character and that role because one, Kanahanazawa's voice is already really good to begin with. Two, you get something different. And no one probably imagined what Kanahanazawa would sound like in a very aggressive role. So, yeah, it was very interesting to listen to. That is really, that is really interesting. But like you said, I guess there, there are anime out there that really show the types of roles and the versatility that, that she has and is able to voice in all these different types of anime. And and just I think you've mentioned a few already going into Nisekoi and uh, quintessential quintuplets, which I ought, okay I did not watch it. I probably will not watch it unless you <laughs> convince me otherwise. I'm actually reading the manga right now as we speak. I've I've already watched season one, season two, and I I think it's just season one, season two so far. And there's a next season coming out, but the manga's actually really really good. I I think the show's <laughs> kind of scuffed and the premise is a bit scuffed, but the the quality of the manga is so high. It might be the one of the best quality manga. Like artwork-wise. Yeah, artwork-wise, story. story flow. It's just really easy to read, gra- grasp your attention, stuff like that. It, it just does a really good job. So I would definitely recommend it if you want a romance. But if you're not in the mood for a romance, yeah, don't, don't watch or read it. All right. Well, yeah, maybe one day when I'm... Uh, Writing out of manga to read. Maybe I'll maybe I'll open it up. Yeah, the art's maybe really good. Give it a try. You'll at least appreciate the art. <laughs> like you said, manga is sometimes very different from the anime. You can't judge one based off the other. Sometimes there are very good anime that the manga is really bad, and sometimes it's vice versa. I guess just going into some of her other works, though. What other work or what character has been very iconic to you? And I could think of three or five that I haven't even talked about still. Yeah, so I know I know we had touched on it a, a bit before this podcast. We kind of had named a few. Um, but before I get into some of those, 
I did want to mention that I, I I can't believe I forget. I think I left it off that list. Uh, was Nagi Nasakara the main character, Manaka? Yeah, I was like, why did this guy leave this off the list after saying Evan Flow was his favorite song? <laughs> I I felt like I was missing something, you know. When I when I when we turned on the podcast, I was like, you know, I feel like I'm missing something, someone huge. This was it. But Nagi Nasakara, Alone in the Sea. I'm gonna say this every week until uh, someone in the co- and one of our listeners tells me to shut up. But again, a gentle voice, somewhat passive, somewhat aggressive, somewhat of a strong presence in the show. Very likable character, almost too likable to the point where you feel like the show should have just focused on her instead of just the dude. There's the dude, and then there's there's Monica and. All I remember is Monica. Hikari? Something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think you're right. But yeah, so Monica in the show, uh, again, I know we've touched on Nagano Sakara quite a bit, but one of the defining moments is just her presence and her reluctance to just, uh, you know, bring everyone together and not take no for an answer. And she does play that big role where she is from the sea and it's kind of just about how the other characters are going to i don't know wake her up after her hibernation so to say uh but that for me is one of my more memorable roles that she's played in the recent years uh, what about you well i think we talked about a a few in terms of mayushi from steins gate i think is the most iconic role in my opinion but there are two or three more that I would say. I think um, Akane from Psychopath, really, really iconic role. A role that I didn't really expect her to play. And she plays it really well, which was even more surprising. But kind of going off of your point on Naginasukata, Monica, Akane, they both play very strong female leads. And they're both portrayed in kind of a different way, right? Like Monica and Akane aren't the same. They live in completely different worlds, but at the same time have a really big impact on the progression of the show or bridging some of the the conflict that's occurring. And yeah, all three of those characters really, really just are very pivotal characters in the show and not her typical slice of life romance or love interest character. And it's, just really well played and uh, one one anime i want to mention quickly because i know you haven't watched this either is a anime called a place further than a universe and she also plays the main role in that i think it's one of like the most sleeper anime it's 13 episodes but in that season it came out it was probably the most talked about anime it wasn't very hype but it got really good reviews because of kind of her role. And also she plays a very strong female lead, similar to Monica, who kind of pushes the plot forward. So definitely recommend those. But yeah, those four uh, stand out to me a lot in terms of just playing very iconic, strong leads who have a their hand in the plot the entire time. Right. And, and I think the point that you make about strong leads is important and i don't know if she chooses to play these types of roles but in a lot of her works whether it's supporting or main that character that she plays is usually one of those stronger willed uh, or stronger lead types um, even in the supporting cast right definitely i think the interesting part though is there's a pretty big gap in 
these shows like Nagi and Psychopaths and Steins Gate compared to a slice of life mold, you have to one, either be a very good voice actress or two, you have to be very popular that these shows want you as the main person of the show and just all the other good stuff that comes with it. But it's just very different. Kind of going back to my point about Nisekoi Onodera, like it's a very passive character. She almost doesn't impose her will on the show. She's just there as a love interest. And she's kind of like that in these other shows as well. But like the way she portrays like Akane and Psychopaths and Monica and Nagi is just so pivotal in terms of how the the message is portrayed, how the plot is moving. And then both shows are very, very deep, right? Like we we've we've gone deep on Nagi before, right? Very deep and very entertaining. Yeah, you, <laughs> you can't just get a bad voice actress to play that main character in both shows because the plot will kind of fall apart and crumble if your voice actress isn't kind of pulling the plot forward and or just pulling the audience into just engage in the plot, right? And she does a really good job in both of those, so. Right, and I think her role in Psychopaths is definitely one of the more pivotal roles. There would de- It would not be as popular, I think, without her and the way she voiced Akane. But I guess going into something else that's just also a pretty deep show is Shinsekai Yori, right? She yeah. plays Maria. Another main character of a show that's just very deep and not not very I mean not very slice of life uh, to be honest. Yeah, I think Mar- Maria is really close to Monica from Naginasukata, and we've kind of talked about how the two are pretty similar. Right, innocent, uh, strong-willed, kind of driven to get their way and set things, set the world the way they believe it should be, um, without really any discrimination. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, both shows really hard to, I think, voice actress in terms of the characters that she was given. But she does a really good job on both of them. And yeah, we've talked about how great Shin Sakayori is and how underrated it really is. And honestly, that that might be one of her best works too. Just the overall quality of the show, all the voice acting, the plot, everything is really good. And it was a few years back, right? It was, I think it was at the start of the 2010s, so... Yeah, I mean, it's just actually incredible to see how many different anime there are um, that she's been a part of. And maybe I should, maybe this could be a transition where I start touching into some of her supporting roles that a lot of people might not realize that who she voiced. And I think I'm going to start off with one of my favorite shonens who everyone in the world can disagree with me, but Tokyo Ghoul, right? Um, she plays Riza. The main, the main, I don't know if it's an antagonist, but the main uh, ghoul that the main character gets his powers from. And isn't really a part of every episode, but her presence is there because she is the root of Tokyo Ghoul itself. It was one of the most random roles, honestly, in my opinion. I was like, what? You use like Kanahanazawa for this role? But at the same time, she actually plays it pretty well. She does. And... and- She's not in every episode, like I said, but when she does make an appearance, it's kind of like, wow, I, I kind of like Riza a little more and more. When you first watch the show, you think Tokyo Ghoul, you think of this evil girl who's just killing people and, and satisfying her lust. But later towards the end of the show, you're kind of like, ah, oh, you know, 
kind of grew kind of growing on me when you see kanahanazawa have some of these like cameo roles almost where they're not in every single episode do you think it's just like a like a popularity play sometimes um sometimes maybe they just want to bring in one of the supporting characters who like like we've been talking about have that strong innocent independence but there she does play a lot of those cameo roles where one or two episodes pops in for a bit and that's it gone yeah because the the one that comes glaringly in my head is demon slayer where it almost feels like she's unnecessary i like that role she she was there for like three episodes. Uh, but she but I mean she can come back technically. I mean yeah she could come back, but even in the movie she was there for like thirty seconds. Granted it wasn't her arc obviously, but it just it just felt like a hey we're gonna get a entourage of the best voice actors and actresses for nine of the Hashira and then just play this popularity game. Have you finished reading the manga? Yeah, I have. I mean, so technically, Kanahanazawa is going to have a pretty big role at some point in the future. Well, all of them are going to have like an arc, or they have to have an arc, right? All the Hashida members. So Yeah, exactly. It just felt like a, hey, we have these voice actors and actresses lined up for you, so you should be excited. I mean, I would be excited. <laughs> Mitsuri Kanroji is actually a, a pretty good character. I mean, all the Hashida are interesting. There's not one Hashida that's not an uninteresting character. So, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to obviously her playing a bigger role in something like Demon Slayer. But it does feel like like a like a popularity pool where you're trying to just get the get the bag. OK, well, if you want a real cameo, I think we should talk about Fairy Tail. I didn't even watch Fairy Tail. <laughs> she plays Zara, the Mavis's long lost friend who is no longer alive and makes like a slight cameo as a ghost <laughs> <laughs> in like three episodes. Maybe a little more. Maybe like it was an arc. But that's a real cameo. But to be fair, these shonen shows like Fairy Tail that go on longer for 300 plus episodes or 150 plus episodes. You kind of run out of voice actors and actresses to play all the roles, so. That's true. A lot of them actually play multiple characters, right? Yeah, exactly. So you, you, gotta, you gotta just start using your resources at that point. That, that's funny. It's very true, though. I mean, eventually, and for a lot of people who don't know, a lot of the main protagonists in younger shonens are voiced by female leads. Yeah, So a lot of them. If you ever thought you were listening to a guy, you might want to re-listen to that protagonist shonen i won't name any but uh there's quite a few of them there's a lot a lot of the shonens even even just like i don't even know if they're categorized as shonen but something like pokemon for example are acted or the voice even american pokemon yeah exactly that's actually an interesting one right i never realized ash in english was not even male but it does make sense when you when you think about it a little bit more so another uh, anime that Kanahanazawa played way back in the day, this is one of the first anime I saw maybe in the 2010s, was a show called Freezing. I don't know if you've heard of it or I remember watched you, it. I remember you told me about it. and It's like borderline harem R-rated nudity. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm not trying to watch that when you told me but, about it. <laughs> but 
I just always remember like that was the voice. She played a pretty big role in that anime as Rana Lana Lynchin, Lynchin, something like that. That's when you know she was just starting out, trying to get. A but yeah, that's, job. that was that was got to be like the 2010, 2012, maybe. Very very early on, but I did read the manga after that. And yeah, another one of those female characters who's just kind of likable, likable personality. And I think following into that is when I saw Guilty Crown, which I'm going to name drop because she's also in Guilty Crown. And I can't go an episode uh, without mentioning that if uh, she is part of that show. So for me personally, the, the last piece of work I want to talk about is actually a movie and it, it's from a movie called Garden of Words. And I think I've talked about this already, but I have a set a set of shows that I watch on just a rotation almost. And Garden of Wars is that rotation. And it's because it's just so soothing, so easy to watch. It's like 40 minutes, very quick, right? It's two episodes of an anime for like a traditional 20 minute episode anime. So if I'm ever feeling in like a mood where I want something soothing and relaxing, I always watch Garden of Words. So I always end up hearing her voice and watching Garden of Words has made me like her voice acting more because there's just this correlation of like relaxation or just like chilling to a movie. I think Garden of Words is a really good movie. It's directed by Makoto Shinkai. It's the movie I think that comes before Your Name. It's not really a movie because it's like a short, but... It's very different from Your Name. It's something I, I've really enjoyed as well. And, and speaking of Your Name, she is somewhat in that movie as well, right? Yeah, well, she she has a cameo with the character from Garden of Words because Makoto Shinkai likes to do these cameos. And we saw that in Weathering With You as well, right? When Exactly. When Your Name got there, there's cat cameo. But basically what Makoto Shinkai likes to do is he doesn't give a lot of closure at the end of his movies, right? Even with your name. So he likes adding these characters as cameos in the next movie for you to kind of see what they're up to after the movie. And I actually caught this the first time I watched your name in theaters. And I don't know if a lot of people caught it because at the time, I don't think Garden Words was that popular because... Your name just came out. People were kind of finding out about Makoto Shinkai. Although there was like five centimeters per second and all these other movies that kind of came before. A lot of these people heard about these other movies after Your Name. And yeah, she she does make a little cameo in Your Name as a result. If you didn't realize it, you should probably go watch it again. Because <laughs> it kind of gives you more insight on how Garden of Words ends. Yeah, I mean, it's a really good point that I think a lot of people miss about Makoto Shinkai's work. And it's not so unobvious that it's considered an Easter egg, right? I guess kind of talking away, going on a tangent outside of anime, Marvel, right? There's a lot of Easter eggs that you don't really pick up no matter how many times you watch the show. Unless you're specifically looking for just one-off scenes or not even, it's not even a scene, maybe an object in a scene, right? But uh, Makoto Shinkai really makes an effort to make it noticeable. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it is way more noticeable in Weathering With You because of how grand your name was. But he does have those Easter eggs in there, at least for me, because I watched Garden of Words before I went to go watch your name. 
it was easy for me to pick up on the Easter egg, but it might it might not be as easy if you're not watching Garden of Words that often or you don't really recognize the characters as well. So I guess going off of Makoto Shinkai, would you say that some of her that might have been one of her more popular works of the recent decade? And and I know we touched on some of the early ones, right? We touched on Steins Gate or but maybe something more recent that you think really stands out. Um, aside from Nagi, aside from Shinsuke Yori, so I'm talking in the past couple of years, is there anything that you're looking forward to or you've watched recently that makes you think, like, this is the reason she's so popular? Because I don't think quintessential templates, even though it's recent, is that deciding factor for a lot of people who might not be familiar with her work. Before, to be honest, she had better work because the quality of the shows that she was participating in was better. And I don't know if that's just because, like, Steins Gate is just considered one of the greatest animes of all time. And, like, nothing will ever dethrone it or whatever. But her more recent work is more of the slice of life romance kind of role. And I almost feel like Quintessential Quintuplets is her best work as of late or her most recognizable work. Because some of these other shows that she did for these Slice of Life shows just flopped. And then kind of going back to some of these that I name drop, but Orange, which was a huge flop, I think, in terms of the anime, because I actually think the live action is better than the anime, and that's a pretty big problem. And she plays a main character in it. So, like, if that, I mean, if the live action is good and your anime is bad, then that's already a, a problem. And then... <laughs> Koito Uso, the manga flopped. The premise was great for probably 25 chapters. And then it just completely dies in the middle of the show. And we, we know, we, we've seen those in a, in a lot of manga as of, as of late. And she plays the main or a main character in the anime ad- adaptation. But the anime adaptation only got like 13 episodes. So that was like another flop. And then I think yesterday for me, same exact kind of situation you had 13 episodes of a slice of life romance role and it was executed not well the most memorable thing about the show was the ending song and her voice acting and that's kind of how her last few shows that i've watched have been where her voice acting is the highlight of the show and that's a problem because in these other shows that we talked about like nagi or angel beats or psychopaths Shinsuke Yori Steins Gate, her voice acting's good, but it's not why the show is a 9 out of 10, right? Some of these shows I, I'm like mentioning, like, they're 7 out of 10 because of her voice acting. If she wasn't there, it's like a 5. So, that's my impression of her as of late, which is a bit unfortunate. <laughs> that is a bit unfortunate. Maybe, maybe you just gotta wait around till uh, she gets her arc in, in Demon Slayer. Yeah, I mean, that might be it because that might be the saving grace at this point because it's not her fault. These Slice of Life shows, and, and, you know, too, it might also be unfortunate that I watch a lot of Slice of Life too, to be honest with you. But these Slice of Life shows aren't pulling their weight and supporting her with a good plot. And I honestly just watch it on a weekly basis and watch or finish out, finish out the season because her voice acting is great. 
and like it's just soothing to listen to and watch and watching on a weekly basis is is easy when you're watching a very relaxing show with no cliffhangers it's something that you don't need to wait for really but i guess i guess we'll see how the rest of the year goes she does have a few anime coming out in the back end of this year uh, but they do seem to be more geared toward like you said the slice of life type of genre i don't know zombie land saga style right yeah i'm hoping there's a show that kind of gives her that support or to be honest it might just be quintessential quintuplets that that pulls that weight because of how popular that show is i don't know um yeah just as of late it's i like nothing no knock on her because i i do think her voice acting is great it's just she needs to get like a like a psychopath or something in there i guess her her last work that was like really iconic is a place further than a universe and that's that was a little while back still i think it was two years back so yeah i mean i guess we shall see i mean but i guess uh i do want to touch about one one show that i didn't think would get so many uh adap- or so many seasons as i thought it did and she actually plays kind of a big role was major second so for those who don't know major second is the story following major the original uh, baseball story about his son his son daigo on his not softball but on in Japan, they don't call like they don't call it hardball yet. They call it rubber ball. So he's on still on the rubber ball team, and kind of like the girl uh, main character of this is played by Kana Hanazawa, and her name is Mutsuko. And again, another female character. And I actually didn't think this show would kind of get as many seasons as it did, but it got fifty episodes, and she's almost in every single episode. So I don't know if she intended to be caught up in Major Second playing a girl on a baseball team, but I will say that's probably one of the more works that probably took up more of her time than she probably originally imagined. I feel like it's, that's good, though, like having, you know, just a steady show to be a part of, at least from a employee perspective. But yeah, but again, the character she plays in Major Second, I like more than the actual main character. So Props to Kana Hanazawa. I think she does a, fanta- a fantastic job at just getting people to like uh, her character. And I think that's really, I guess, why she's number one on my anime list. I think that's why people are kind of drawn to the character she plays. And like you said, maybe it's some part on the, some play on directors. Like they say, oh, you know, our story isn't, isn't great, but, you know, we get Kana Hanazawa to voice one of our, uh, support or mains we might get those few extra points of a score that are going to get us that second adaptation no yeah i think that's her biggest problem though not in terms of her as a voice actress the reason why the shows that she participates in are bad is because i think they're thinking we need to we need to save this show somehow and she is the somehow that we should save the show and that's what's just been the unfortunate part as an audience member because I want to watch her in a role, in a good role, and just like kind of excel at that role because we've seen it a lot in the past. But as of late, it just feels like a lot of these shows are kind of using her popularity to their advantage, which is not great. Yeah, I definitely, definitely can agree with that one. 
she's she's at uh she's where all the budget went instead of the production <laughs> i mean these slides of live anime don't need budget because <laughs> it's just a scene of them and sitting in one room for or 15 minutes of a show oh, that's funny They're, they probably do a budget allocation like oh we'll give 60 percent to hanazawa we'll use the 40 percent for uh pay and, and art and yeah. music to be fair some of these shows ha- do have good music though so they did use that budget somewhere at least that's true that's true and she is technically a singer as well not only one album i believe way back in the day but i think we did touch on that previously as well yeah definitely in the our top five anime opening podcast we talk about the circulation which is our biggest song and you know i included that into my top five songs so you know i, I could go on a whole t- tangent about bakemono gatsari but it's, it's just it's just too good and she i'm glad she participated in this show because she that, that's one of those shows where the plot is is there for her support and the thing with bakemono gatsari though is like there's a arc or a story behind each character and they kind of highlight each character so she gets her spotlight then another voice actress kind of going back to uh, some of the other voice actresses I mentioned at the start of the podcast that I like, like they're also in it as well. So they kind of get their spotlight. The rank two individual for on my anime list, Hiroshi Kamiya is also in Bakemonogatari as a main actor. All these people are in Bakemonogatari. So, and they get their time to shine. So I'm glad she was in it and I'm glad she got to kind of sing one of the songs or one of the openings for for the show as well. So I guess in a wrap for today's episode, any fun facts you want to throw out there? Because I have one. <laughs> <laughs> no, you could you could go for it. So Karahazawa is actually, uh, I think, recently married, uh, I think last year, to Kuroko. <laughs> Kuroko no basket. Oh, really? <laughs> Kuroko's basketball. Yeah, that's that's her husband. And... His name's Kensho Ono. He also played the Japanese dub of Harry Potter. I just think it's hilarious. That's so funny. Kuroko's character is just like so dead. I can't really imagine what he is like as a person. Anyways, that was just a fun fact I thought I had to throw out there because when I found it, I was like, this is hilarious. No shame to Kensho Ono because he is actually, his career is actually kind of picking up. He's in a lot of big uh, anime. Bungo Stray Dogs, Dr. Stone, Attack on Titan. <laughs> so it's just that he's Kuroko but he's Kuroko and I think that and he's Harry Potter I think that's also funny hey that's a big role I bet you he got more money from Harry Potter than he will from like the next five anime he does yeah I mean I'm sure I mean I'm sure when he played uh when he voiced voiced Harry Potter that was uh that's like seven years of Harry right <laughs> yeah and I'm sure he gets you know that Universal Studio Japan Oh yeah, he's, he's got two. those discounts. <laughs> so, and I might have to go watch Harry Potter after this, just just so I can uh, envision it. The Japanese doves, even though you can't understand The Japanese it. doves. I mean, it, it has to be better than English doves, right? Anyways, um, yeah, that'll do it for me today. Any uh, closing comments? No, not really. I just hope that, you know, we get more good anime from her. And... She gets to play in a bigger role in some of the upcoming shows. Looking forward to how Quintessential Quintuplets ends. Although I'll probably finish reading the manga before the third season comes out. But 
yeah, a lot to look forward to. She's she's a great voice actress, and yeah. And there's gonna be another uh, Steinsgate Angel Beats or uh, Psychopaths one day, and we're gonna be looking forward to it. And hopefully, it comes before uh, her Demon Slayer arc. Oh no, that's gonna be like in ten years. <laughs> I'm sure we're gonna be talking about this ten years from now. But until then, I guess we'll keep enjoying her career and seeing what else she uh, voices in the future. All right, peace out, weeboos. See you guys next week.